Part One, Chapter Fifteen of Life and Lillian Gish. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn Lilliard. Life and Lillian Gish by Albert Bigelow Payne. Part One chapter fifteen shawnee but now from shawnee oklahoma came a letter from an uncle grant gish saying that his brother james gish was in a sanitarium in broken health lillian decided to go to him this was near the end of october nineteen ten when she had just turned fourteen she went quite alone to nell on arrival she wrote my dear little sister i arrived safe yesterday morning and went to the hotel and slept until about ten o'clock and then i came right out here and they're awfully nice to me but oh dear how i wish i were home with you and we were reading john halifax i hope we will soon be able to finish that together i didn't want to come dear but i thought it was my duty it's awfully hard to do your duty sometimes, and you know that I met with opposition on all sides, but I have done what I think was right, and I am glad that I did it. With love, love, love from Lillian. 201 North Park Street, Shawnee, Oklahoma. How lightly she treats her arrival in Shawnee, not to distress Nell or those who would inquire it was really very different shawnee twenty years ago was rather unlike the thriving town it became later it was two in the morning when lillian got off on a desolate platform and found nobody to welcome her a light from across the street showed a lone cowboy in chaps and ten-gallon hat curiously regarding her it was exactly such a scene and situation as the pictures have used time and again she had never seen a cowboy before and regretted that she saw this one she does not remember whether she asked the way to the hotel or whether it stood right there facing the tracks she does remember that it was an indifferent hotel compared even with the hotels she had known on the road the room they showed her was probably as good as any they had which is the best that could be said for it she was disheartened frightened she wished she had listened to those persons who had told her not to come old trooper that she was she had never seen so poor a room and she had never slept in any room alone she was distinctly scared she put a chair against the door and did not take off her clothes then she heard a scampering or scratching or something rats no doubt or someone breaking in a single light hung by a string from the ceiling she did not turn it out and she did not get into bed she got on it on her knees and said her prayers several times improving them and inventing new ones it was only when daylight came that she decided to risk a little sleep it is easy to believe that she slept 
then till ten o'clock as she wrote nell lillian thinks that her father was not in shawnee itself the town in that day could hardly have had a sanitarium but that he was in oklahoma city some thirty-five miles distant she did not go to see him he came to see her not more than once or twice she has a mental picture of him in her uncle's dooryard talking to her as she sat on a horse be careful pet he said to her don't let that pony go too fast pet had been his old name for her there must have been more than that but that tricksy memory of hers let the rest go and what it kept is perhaps sufficient she had not seen him for years but he looked as he she had expected to find him apparently his physical health was good enough his trouble had become mental he did not die until the following year when she had returned to ohio lillian's aunt and uncle persuaded her to stay in shawnee and go to school she could help her aunt with the housekeeping for her board and be company for her her uncle a locomotive engineer was away a good deal of the time lillian thought well of this idea she rather liked shawnee once she got used to it especially the riding soon she got to know an indian girl who rode with her and had plenty of ponies a wonderful girl she rode as if she were part of the horse there were indians of course everywhere civilized indians whatever we may mean by that also cowboys and other romantic features then she found she could get a place in a doctor's office work after school and on holidays answering the telephone and marking down appointments for this she was to receive two dollars and a half a week all clear the school part was the hardest she had made a mistake in the beginning when she was asked about her grade some imp prompted her to promote herself she was accepted at her own valuation but keeping up to it nearly killed her she could do it all but the mathematics advanced arithmetic was just a jungle of terrors algebra an uncharted sea from which daily she must be rescued as she was going down for the third time what with one thing and another her punishment seemed almost more than she could bear her face took on an added wistfulness she became more than ever like a spirit gladys ferris her schoolmate watching her come down the evening hillside the sunset in her hair could think only of saint cecilia lillian her memory blurred by her mental struggle had no clear picture of shawnee in later years fortunately gladys has preserved it for us lillian gish how often have i dreamed of her heard her musical voice from out the purple distances what a joy to recall her in my classes of shawnee high we were in the english class together she especially enjoyed literature i sat and watched the door each day for lillian's coming from her previous class classmates the teacher the classwork 
have long since passed into oblivion but photographed in my memory is the picture framed by the doorway she had recently recovered from typhoid fever her hair was a golden halo alive with newness about her oval face it was worn caught loosely back and with a black ribbon bow at the junior senior dance we sophomores were invited guests lillian dressed in filmy white was dancing classically romantically as with enchanted feet an ivory statuette in a world of chiffon and moonlight she sang in the choir of the episcopal church she was spiritual and philosophic a dreamer quiet and far-seeing she was a listener never outspoken she was somewhat retiring yet not abashed she talked very little of her life i never remember her mentioning the stage she loved the out-of-doors the sunshine which seemed to be a part of her upon returning a borrowed book i shall never forget her graciousness of manner and kindliness of words in the english class one day we exchanged themes for a remembrance this theme of hers has always been my most prized possession it is a graphic and beautiful description of her mother and incidentally somewhat of herself the face most familiar to me during the thirty-five winters that have passed over her dear head she has learned to know life's vicissitudes instead of hardening her they have made her a patient sympathetic god-fearing woman who seems to make the burdens of life easier for those around her she is settled and reserved in manner and she is to be distinguished by her low soft voice which seems to go with her dignity of motherhood she is of medium height and size her hair is of a golden brown streaked with gray and her large steel-gray eyes seem to see into the depths of everything her nose and chin are slightly pointed and her lips are closed in a way that suggests a smile her short quick decisive step shows the magnanimity of her nature it is my most sincere wish that i may grow to be a counterpart of her Lillian Gish March 27, 1911 I entered a picture show one afternoon some years later, and while watching the film The Mothering Heart, Lillian appeared on the screen. I instantly recognized her. Waiting for the return of the first reel with the listing of the cast, I was not mistaken. Her name was there. Instilled into Lillian's soul were some of the finest of human qualities, loyalty, moral courage, patience. Hers was beauty of spirit, beauty of thought, beauty of perfection. Christ-like beauty of innocence, of sinlessness, she was unspoiled, unselfish, meek. She was never too busy to help, never too sad to smile,
never too weighed down with care to glimpse a higher vision when i think of her it is like stepping through darkness into the light for i have never known a more patient gentle and lovable character nor a more highly intellectual girl someone has said of her hers is the charm of a vanishing strain of music the haunting lyric that will neither satisfy nor let you be the fragrance of the flowers that perfume dreams in word portraiture it would be hard to find a more exquisite picture than this schoolgirl memory of Lillian at fourteen. One other bit of evidence remains out of that Shawnee school life. Lillian's botany notebook, a thick little book and probably one of the neatest schoolgirl documents in existence. Every other page of it is covered with her small, meticulous writing, descriptive of plant growth, and facing each, a page of very careful pen drawings of the parts leaves petals rootlets many of them delicately daintily tinted she took pride in her botany book a pride not altogether outgrown to this day botany had been an antidote for the poisonous arithmetic and algebra end of part one chapter fifteen